What's up, guys? Welcome to Enjoy the Sass. My name's Faith, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm so excited to have you here with me today. It means a lot to me that you would choose to spend any of your time listening, so thank you so, so much. Truly, I can't say it enough. If you're new here, this is a podcast where we like to talk about all the things, and we throw in a little sass along the way. So I hope you're up for the journey, because I'm excited to have you here with me. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I like to listen lately. I've been listening to podcasts on Apple Podcasts. So either subscribe there and give us a five-star review or listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It all means a lot to me. Also, you can follow me on Instagram. Enjoy the sass is my handle. Go follow me there for all of the updates on everything going on in my life and what's coming up next on the podcast. I try and keep things pretty up to date and interactive over there. So check me out. Give me a follow. I'd love to see you. Send me a DM. Those are always fun too. You can check out my website, enjoythesass.com, where you can listen to old episodes. You can find out a little bit more about my guests. I put all the show notes over there as well. And something else that's really fun about my website you can buy merch there. That's right. If you've ever wanted an Enjoy the Sass crew neck or a beanie, I even have a bucket hat, you can get it at enjoythesass.com slash merch. So head to my website, listen to an episode, grab you some merch, tag me on your stories if you order merch or if you're listening on the website or anywhere else. I'd love to see and hear where you're listening. Y'all, I'm a little rusty, not going to lie. It's been a while since I recorded an episode of the podcast, but I'm really excited to be here. This is a special episode requested, actually, and suggested by my engineer and producer, Josh. So shout out to him for this idea. Um, I'm very excited about it. I'm a little nervous that I'm not going to do it justice, but this is the first time I'm ever doing this type of episode, so bear with me. and. Let me know in the comments if you enjoy this episode and want me to try and do some more. So, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, guys. So, for today's episode, we're going to be discussing the 1996 comedy film called That Thing You Do. Now, I'm assuming that most of you have never heard of this film or you've only heard of it because of your favorite podcaster saying that it's her favorite movie all the time. So I'm excited to discuss this film with you because, like I said, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I have a lot of favorite movies, but this one is always the one when people say, what's your favorite movie? It's that thing you do guaranteed that will be at least one of the first two films that I say. Can I tell you what the other one will be? No, because I can't remember or I, I, it changes on a daily basis. But That Thing You Do is one of my all-time favorite movies. I can't remember the first time that I watched this movie. I was probably, I would guess, 10, maybe 11, 12, somewhere in that range. Like I said, it came out in 1996. So I was four years old when it came out. I know I didn't watch it then. I would not have quite the visceral memories of it. But I know I watched it when I was young and it quickly cemented itself as one of my favorite movies even back then. So I'm going to give you just a brief synopsis of this film in my own words. This is a film from 1996 written, directed, 
and starring Tom Hanks, featuring a one-hit wonder pop band called The Wonders. It takes you on the journey of their rise and fall as a pop band in the 1960s. So, this movie came out in 1996. It is based in the 1960s, and it's fantastic. It stars actors who you may have heard of, Tom Everett Scott, Liv Tyler, Steve Zahn, Ethan Embry, and just a, just a small-time actress, Charlize Theron. The cast of this movie is one of my favorite things about it. It's fantastic. They all get along so well. It's cohesive. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so we'll get to the cast and crew later. But like I said, this film is about a band. The band is called The Wonders. They're a one-hit wonder band. You don't know that going in, but the name of the band kind of helps suit that. They're a one-hit wonder band, and it features their rise to stardom, fandom in the 1960s on a large tour with a bunch of other artists on this certain record label. So that's what the movie's about. Think what you will. And let's dive into some of the questions that Josh so graciously sent to me so that I could steer this conversation and not just gush about how much I like this movie for an hour. <laughs> so, like I said, I don't really remember the first time I watched the movie, but I remember my first impression being that not only do I love Tom Hanks, that probably came later, but it's the first thing I can think of when I think of this movie. Like I said, not only did he write this, he stars in it and he directed it. And that's amazing. As a film person myself, I'm very impressed. To do even one of those things is a lot. So I'm just impressed by Tom Hanks. And then also just the nostalgia factor of the movie. It is a period piece. So seeing, you know, the styles and the cars and the the way that music was distributed in the 1960s is so different from it is today. And I just love seeing that. And, you know, vinyl is coming back like it's very popular nowadays. So it's fun to see and think about that idea that that was the only stream of music that you could get aside from listening to music on the radio back then. It's pretty cool. Okay, so that kind of goes into the next question. And that is what stuck out the most to me on my first watch. And it's probably the music. You would catch me singing the music from this movie all the time. And I still do. And I literally was in the grocery store in California a few weeks ago and heard that thing you do and immediately stopped in my tracks and started humming along. The friend that I was with, Kylie, she didn't know the song, but I texted my dad instantly and was like, they're playing that thing you do in the grocery store because it's just so nostalgic and so a part of my experience with this movie and I think everyone's because it is a music movie that it's just so ingrained that the music is going to be a huge part of the experience of watching this movie. Also the fact that the wonders aren't a real band just makes me really sad because I wish that they were a real band. The music in this movie was all written for the movie which is amazing I just wish that the Wonders were actually a true band with the cast because I love them so much and they're who I picture when I think of all of this music. All right, next question. And this is a really good question, actually. What are some things that I've noticed on subsequent watches? So I've watched this movie a lot of times. This answers another question that he had for me. Um, I wouldn't 
be able to tell you exactly how many. I probably watch it at least once or twice a year. So I've probably seen it between 20 times, no more than 100, I would say. I don't know. That feels like a large number. But I watch it all the time. I recommend it to everyone. It doesn't have a specific audience, I feel. It's great for anyone. It's a very clean film. So anyone who sits down to watch it, I think that you'll enjoy it for something. And there's some great lessons in there as well. So, you know, if a kid watches it, they can learn a few things or they can just snap along to the music and look at the funny clothes and cars and enjoy it. So that being said, the thing that I've noticed, or at least that I noticed in this latest time that I watched it, I think is a really adult answer for me, um, especially because this movie has carried for so many years in my life, is how entitled the lead of the band is. Um, his name's Jimmy. If you've never seen the film, his name's Jimmy. Um, he is the one who has started the group. He is the lead singer of the group. He writes all the songs. He's the one who, you know, is in charge of naming the band, all the things. And he just really puts on this kind of diva mentality throughout the entire film. And it really bothers me because they have a really great thing. Everyone gets along very well, but he always just kind of walks around with this air of entitlement that I'm just not a fan of. Um, I think that it speaks to the trope of a, a lead singer, kind of that diva mentality. I'm not saying that this is every lead singer. I'm just saying in film, the lead singer kind of tends to be a little bit of a diva. So he fits that role perfectly, but... I just don't like it very much. So that's probably the thing that I noticed on this latest rewatch was how much that bothers me is how entitled he is. So I I think that's a really grown up answer for me with this film, like I said. So when you watch the film, you'll understand kind of where I'm coming from if you watch the film, of course. Next question, why this movie? <laughs> of all the films in the world, why is this one your favorite? Well, it's the nostalgia, it's the music, the camaraderie. I love the actors, the humor. Honestly, <laughs> I love every piece of this movie. He asked me if there were flaws. There probably are flaws. I don't like to think about them, but I will say that there. this is a film that I can watch all the way through and not want to turn it off halfway through. There are films that I love that I really enjoy watching. And in my notes, I wrote a specific example of a film that you love about half of it and then you're over it. And for me, a weird example is Happy Feet. I love the beginning of Happy Feet. I love the first half of the movie. And then when it kind of starts to take a turn, I really am just not into the movie anymore. So I'll usually turn it off. Like I'll get in the mood to watch that movie randomly because who doesn't love little tap dancing, singing penguins? And then about halfway through, I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. And I'll turn it off because I'm not a fan. That's never happened to me with that thing you do. And that's why it's in the upper echelon of my favorite movies because I love it. I love it. I honestly probably have on rose colored glasses when it comes to this movie, but I'm okay with it. So I'm not going to talk about the flaws because I don't 
want to think about any. This is going to be a sort of a fun fact, but also Josh asked me what I like or dislike about the script. And I recently learned that Tom Hanks wrote this script while he was on press for Forrest Gump. Um, he got really tired of talking about himself and he just wanted something to take his mind off of it. And so he started writing the treatment for That Thing You Do. <laughs> and I just love that. So it's probably one of my favorite like little trivia facts about this film, um, but also about the script for this film. And then just the amount of one-liners and hilarious quotes, which we'll get into in a little bit just make me smile so much. Okay, so let's talk about the cast and the acting in this movie just a little bit. The cast is one of my favorite things about this movie because not only do you have seasoned actors and actresses, but you also have little baby actors and actresses like Tom Everett Scott, who plays Guy, the protagonist of the film. He was cast because Tom's wife, Tom Hanks's wife, Rita Wilson, said, no, I like him. You should you should cast him. But Tom Hanks didn't want to cast him because he looked too much like himself. Like a young Tom Hanks, which I think is very true. But ultimately, his wife, Rita, said, I like him. You should cast him. And Rita also has a small role in the film, which I love. And a little cameo also happens with Tom's son and his daughter in the film, too. So that's super fun. Tom Hanks's kids also make little cameos in the movie. So you have Tom Everett Scott, who has, this is his first major movie role. And then you also have an actress who you all know, um, Charlize Theron. This was her first acting role as well. She was the first actress to read for the role of Tina. And she was the actress who was cast as Tina, ultimately. She ultimately was cast as Tina, but she wanted to be Faye, who is Liv Tyler's character originally. But Tom said, I know that's what you want, but you're Tina. And she's perfect for Tina. So good. Honestly, an underrated character in the film, I think. Um, you have to watch to understand, but she is great and just shines on screen anytime that she's on screen. So Charlize Theron is a phenomenal actress, as you all know, but I just love her in this in this role. Like I said, Liv Tyler plays Faye. You have a sweet little actor, Ethan Embry. I just like want to like squeeze his cheeks whenever I think about him. <laughs> I don't know why, but probably because he just has a little tiny baby face. And I believe, if my trivia is correct, he was about 16 or 17 when they filmed this. So he was just a little young pup and super in the punk scene at the time. So um, kind of a funny looking guy that they had to clean up his acts just a little bit to be in this film. He plays the bass player. Fun little fact, we'll throw in some trivia here. He is the character that doesn't have a name. He's just referenced as TB player, which means the bass player, if you break it down. But um, it's been speculated. And if you read the forums, they say that the bass player's name is Tobias. And so that's Ethan Embry's character. Um, he's just adorable and really great in this film. Um, another actor who I love that's in this is Steve Zahn. He plays Lenny. And honestly, Lenny is one of the funniest characters in this entire film. He has some of the best lines. 
that just crack me up every time. And just his mannerisms and the way that he portrays Lenny is just kind of a goofball. And really, I don't feel like it's any different than probably what Steve Zahn is like in person. Um, because he's just hilarious and a goofball. And also his name's Lenny. And that's just funny to me. So Lenny is one of the top characters in this film. He's hilarious. Uh, he r- runs off with a girl who's a receptionist and they get married in Vegas just as a little side plot. And it's just, just too funny. Just too funny. There are so many actors in this who are great. That's kind of the main ones who I think of when I think of the cast of this film because it's mostly the band. Um, Jonathan Sheik, Sheik, I can't say his last name, don't know. Um, it looks like Sheik, I think, is what Wikipedia is telling me. He plays Jimmy. He's the one who I talked about earlier, the entitled diva. Um, Fantastic actor. He did a really great job. I'm sure he's a really nice person. He really played the diva very well and is a phenomenal um, singer and actor as well. I really enjoyed his performance. While I didn't like his character, loved his performance. You know, you win some, you lose some, I guess, in in the grand scheme of of the acting world. Okay, so that's enough about the actors and the casting. I already talked a little bit about Tom Hanks as a director and writer and actor. I mean, Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors. I've seen a good chunk of his filmography. I really should work on seeing more of it, but I really enjoy his acting. I think he's hilarious. I have his book on my TBR um, to read because I'm just a fan. Before I started recording, I started reading the oral history of this film, and I realized it was going to take me longer than I had to record. So I had to stop, but I'm going to link it in the show notes if you're interested, because I love those kinds of things, and I love to hear from the perspective of you know the people making movies, what it was like to make the movie. So I'll put the link to the oral history of that thing you do in the show notes, and you can read a little bit more about um Tom Hanks' journey of writing and directing and then also being in the film there. So obviously I've talked a lot about the music of this film and the score and the soundtrack and how it integrates with the movie. Music is the heartbeat of this film and the way that the music is laid into the framework of every piece of every scene, whether it's leading into a performance or coming out of a performance into a new scene or it's being played on the radio. It's just so beautiful. And I love the experience of listening to the music within the film. It doesn't feel like you're watching a musical because it's so integrated with the movie that you don't even really notice that, oh, this is like a whole musical performance happening right now leading into them backstage talking and going to the next thing and the whole montage is happening. It's just, it works so well and it just feeds the film in a way that I notice more in movies now, probably because of this film and a few others that I've seen. I've noticed what an experience it is really to listen to the score and listen to the soundtrack of a film as not only as a separate thing, but also as a piece of the film as an entire whole. And it's just pretty amazing. And like I've said a thousand times already in this process, it's one of my favorite things about this movie is how good the music is. 
Okay, last question before we get to some quotes and some trivia and we wrap up this little conversation on that thing you do. And that's what is the message of this film or the theme and what does it mean to you personally? The little one-liner that I wrote to synopsize the message of this film for me after my latest rewatch was that not everybody fits into your journey. Guy learns this as he is finishing out this journey with the wonders. Um, He learns it kind of towards the end of the film. And it made me realize that sometimes people who've been there all along may end up being more important than you thought. And then some people who have been there all along may be on their way out of your journey um, because they just don't quite fit with where you're going in your life. And that's okay. Um, And I think I've been learning that a lot in my friendships and in community lately. It seems a little simple. You know, not everyone fits in your journey. Seems kind of simple. But it also actually can be a little more challenging when you have to really realize that. And I think that's evident in the film when he's struggling with what to do in the end. So that's what I got out of this film on my last rewatch as a 29-year-old. I'm sure that's very different than what I would have gotten out of the film when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old watching it for the first time. But I think that's what makes movies special is that you can get something different out of them every time you watch them. And not always is a movie just solely for entertainment. It can also teach you some really amazing and important lessons. So those are my favorite little lessons, a little bit about the cast and the crew and the directing of this film. Now, I want to talk about some of my favorite lines. I pulled a couple because there's so many, but I pulled two, and you'll just have to watch the movie to get the rest. Like I said, Lenny is one of my favorite and one of the funniest characters in this film. He's played, again, by Steve Zahn, and he's just, I just crack up. I'm reading this line right now and just cracking up. It's very out of context, but he says, oh, I'm not here with these fellas. I've got a pig in the competition over at the Livestock Pavilion, and I am going to win that blue ribbon. Again, completely out of context. He plays guitar and sings in the band, but that's one of his lines. So you'll have to go watch the film to really understand what he's meaning. But I just crack up whenever I hear that line. And then this line's not a funny one, um, but I'll read it to you and then I'll tell you why it's one of my favorites. So at the end of the film, Faye is talking to Jimmy and she says, I've wasted thousands and thousands of kisses on you. Kisses that I thought were special because of your lips and your smile and all of your color and life. I used to think that was the real you when you smiled. But now I know you don't mean any of it. You just save it for all your songs. Shame on me for kissing you with my eyes closed so tight. Golly, the last time I watched this film, I get emotional just reading it right now. Um, The last time I watched this a couple weeks ago, for some reason, this really stuck out to me. There's just something about... Faye realizing she's worth so much more than what she was given and what she had in her relationship with Jimmy. Again, he's the diva and she realizes how much he did not treat her well, just like he didn't treat anyone well. And it's just really a powerful moment in the levity of the situation that is happening around them. So those are two of my favorite lines, you guys. I love this movie so much, as I've said. 
I'm not picky with who I recommend it to. Obviously, I'm recommending it to every single one of you. If you're listening to this and you've made it this far and you think, you know, that sounds like a fun movie, go watch it. Please, please go watch it. I think you can watch it on Amazon Prime or rent it or something like that. Or listen, I love to host movie nights at my house. Send me a message. We can watch a little movie night and watch that thing you do and just have the best time because it's honestly one of my favorites. Or I'll FaceTime with you while you watch it at your house because it's just that special to me. Please, if you watch this film, let me know. (laughs) Even if I'm not there to watch it with you, let me know because I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to share in the love and nostalgia with you. But I'm going to give you some trivia because I love movie trivia. And then I have one final question that I just remembered that we'll save for the end because I just think it's a really fun question. But let's dive into some trivia about this film. Okay, first item of trivia. I feel like I need some like trivia music behind me. So first item of trivia, all of the actors actually learned how to play their instruments, even though they're not the ones who are playing them in the movie. They all learned Tom Everett Scott, Steve Zahn, Ethan Embry, Jonathan Sheik, They all spent a month learning to play their songs. It was the first time that Sheik had played a guitar, and it was Tom Everett Scott's first time ever playing the drums. Now, they were all musical, but this was their first actual time playing those instruments and learning to play as a band, which I think is pretty cool. I think I said this earlier, but it's worth mentioning again that no actual music from the 1960s was used in the making of this movie. So because of the rights of even like random B-sides was so expensive, Tom Hanks and some of his collaborators wrote new music for the film. All right, hopefully you enjoyed those little trivia nuggets. I have plenty more if you would like to read more trivia. I'll send you some links or I'll put some in the show notes. We'll see. But I want to close out this deep dive thesis podcast on that thing you do with Josh's final question. And that is, if there were a sequel or a prequel to this movie, what would it be about? Who would you cast? And what would the title be? I'll save my title for last because I think it's genius. But basically, I want this film, the original is set in 1964-ish. I want this film to be set in the 90s because how amazing would that be but I want it to be basically Guy and Faye's kids discover the wonders in the major motion picture that they starred in in the film that's a little spoiler two spoilers sorry bear with me basically their kids discover the wonders the band in an old film that they were in and They unraveled the tale of the band, all kind of culminating in this magical reunion where the whole gang, everyone, including Jimmy, is back for a huge, gigantic sort of battle of the bands something that is epic and beautiful. You throw in a little bit of new, like, 90s vibes music with the old That Thing You Do vibes, probably have a remix of That Thing You Do with some 90s vibes added in. And it's just an epic, feel-good, camaraderie, the gang's all here kind of a movie called That Thing You Do 2. That is it. 
that is my pitch for a sequel. It feels right. All right, guys, we have come to the end of that thing you do journey for today. Thanks so much for listening. If you made it this far, honestly, you're a trooper. I'm so grateful for you. Did you like it? Did you like this type of episode? Can you let me know? I'll probably put a poll up when this episode comes out on my Instagram. So go follow me at enjoy the sass and take the poll or send me a DM with your thoughts on this episode because I would love to keep doing them. Honestly, I've had so much fun just sitting here and chatting about this movie. It's probably the most prep I've done for an episode in a while, to be honest. Um, But I only want to keep doing them if you guys like them. So let me know if you're a fan or what movie I should do next because that would be really fun or if I should have someone else on to chat about a movie with me. You know, we're just spitballing ideas here. We're just friends. We're just talking. So anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening. Like I said, go follow me. Enjoy the sass on Instagram. Enjoythesass.com for all things podcasts, all things merch. Be sure that you're subscribed so that you don't miss a thing. And if you feel like it, give me five stars. That would be awesome. It would really mean a lot. And it would show me who's out there listening and who's loving what we're doing. So I'll catch you guys on the next one. Stay tuned for everything to come. I hope you're ready for it. Love you, mean it. Bye.